Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Together, what beautiful music. Really, both items this morning, just absolutely beautiful music. And Father, as we gather together, this is the time of the year when we consecrate, when we have a holy convocation. We come together and we give you thanks for the year for what you have done for us, to us, through us. Lord, so many blessings that we can never speak about them all. There are countless. This morning I tried in prayer to name but a few, but any person just falls slow. The Bible is full of your blessings. Your mercy endures forever. King David says, What shall I render unto the Lord for all of His goodness to me? And so today, Lord, Here at the end of this year of 22, we thank you, Lord, that we have a future and that we have a hope and that you take care of us all of the time. If it wasn't for Jesus, King David said, if it wasn't for the Lord, I would have lost heart in the land of the living. But now God is with us. Who can be against us? You supply in all of our needs and you give us favor and you protect us. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Once again, good morning to the church. In case you came in a little bit late, good to see you all. Wonderful crowd here in the first service this morning. A lot of people tonight. We got something special again and uh, very different from the morning. Uh, in, in, you'll see when you get here tonight. So we're excited about this day. Next week is the concert. Now, today is Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day. And we have a little envelope called Thanksgiving or give thanks, it says on the, on the envelope. How many of you did not get this envelope? Is there anybody here that did not get it? It looks like everybody got it. Okay. Now, we'll deal with it later on in the service. Uh, to start off with, in this part of uh, the morning presentation, I want more to come forward and say a few words. She deals with things that I don't deal with, and the two of us work like that for over 50 years. Hmm. Give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. Yes, we um, had the end of the service. Harold is going to just share a little bit more. And every year when we have to give, Harold and I are always... And I remember the first year that we were really challenged with the offering. You know, I'd built up a little bit of a, a, a saving situation. And I just remember that I still gave a substantial amount. And I said to Harold, is that, he said, go for it. On the way, I said, Harold, God's really sharing with me. We must double that. He says, go for it. And when I got to church and I sat down, I still remember it was the checks I said to him, you know what? We got to double that as well. And it was a substantial amount. And I've shared this testimony. And how it came about was that I was reading where uh, uh, David, David was preparing, you know, for the temple. And he couldn't build it. God said, you're, you're a man of war. And there was much blood on his hands. But your son Solomon will do so. And uh, he 
he told the people to bring to the temple. And, and uh, it says, and David gave more than them all. That's all I got was those words, and David gave more than them all. And nobody knew what we gave, but the lady that does our, our offering, she never shares with us who gives what. It's, it's always private. We've always kept it private. But she just came up to me on the Monday. She says, you know what? You and Pastor Harold gave more than them all. And I knew that that was God. And from that day, it was amazing how our blessing started. You know, and, and through the years, our testimony, which few people know, but I've never joined it together. And many say, oh, but you know what? You don't understand. You, we're in the world and, you know, you're in the ministry. No, we came out of the world. We came out of the place that was our security. We're still working, although we're working for the kingdom of God, believe it or not, we're still 100% in this world, and we still get challenges, challenged with all the things of this world, but as how we respond, our kingdom response to the things that come against us. And I, I had this word, and I got it, I was busy with the Amplified Bible, and I said here, we serve the God of ultimate. He's the God of more than enough. To be the God of ultimate means to be the final, the extreme, the greatest, the most decisive. Nothing is higher. God is the highest good. There can be nothing better than him. And I said, Jerry, he's our ultimate security. We are secure where? In his love. When I say security, I'm not talking about guarding the gate and the fence and that, that part of that as well, but that's protection. That's our ultimate protection. And security says in Romans 8.38, and I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, he's the ultimate protection. Please, you know Psalm 91 verse 1. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord, he alone He's my refuge, my peace, the place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap. He will protect you from the deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. And I remember a powerful testimony of a woman that was standing at a bus stop late at night waiting for a bus. And these men came 
and they were wanting to attack her. And she was a baby in Christ. So no matter how mature you are, or you're a baby in Christ, you're in Christ. And all she could remember in Psalm 91 was his feathers. She said, God, I'm under your feathers, I'm under your feathers, I'm under your feathers. And the next moment, these men in stark terror looked at her and ran. She said all she can imagine that the angels that were there protecting her appeared and manifest to them. Folk, our angels, we have to get a revelation of our angels. Oh, I say, God, if only you would open our spiritual eyes like you opened the, 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 the servant of Elisha and he saw them gathering around and they couldn't attack the angels in the sky and the enemy below and they couldn't attack. That is what we need, a revelation. Is our Then we come to the ultimate provision. We pray the Our Father. Everything we need is in the Our Father. We say, give us our bread. Give us. Forgive us. Lead us and guide us. And finally, protect us from the devil. You must remember everything that goes wrong. Don't ever blame God. Number one, sometimes our wrong decisions. But number two, it's the devil all the way. And finally, there was an ultimate sacrifice. And this sacrifice is found in John 3:16. You see, Jesus was our ransom. Jesus was at our expense. He died. It says, and you know it, for this is how God This is how much he loved the world, that he gave his only son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You see, Harold and I, many years ago, made a decision. He, he had a very good job. This was our journey into the church. We had everything. We had cars, We had security, we had insurance, we had hospital plans and promises of promotion. And when the call came, we walked away from all of that. And it wasn't easy. In fact, folk thought we were crazy. And you know what? To the world, we were crazy, but we had to make a decision who we were going to trust. And we see that in Hebrews chapter 10, 38, the just, the just, what does the just mean? Those that are righteous, those that walk in right living. In other words, every day, of course, every one of us make mistakes. I don't know how many times we sin a day, how many times sinful thoughts come a day. But every day we seek God's repentance and we move a little bit further away from this world and the things of this world. And we start learning to walk in a road and a path of righteousness. And it says here that the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, God says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And we sought from the beginning to start pleasing God. You know, and the call came for the Bible college and we were blessed by the previous church, the pastor. He said, go, 
start an Afrikaans Bible college on the West Rand. Well, we started in Afrikaans and we quickly found we had folk that was Spanish folk. It was the days, it was pre-apartheid days. So we were open to every race, every color, every creed. And, and uh, we had to speak English because many folk did not understand Afrikaans. And we did so. And, uh, and it, was, it was a tough run for the Afrikaners. Us English people were fine. We managed to cope. But you know what? God never failed us. And let me tell you, when we started in the Bible College on the 1st of January, 1960, 1986, there was no guarantee of a salary, nothing. We were later to learn that many of the people in the ministry that we were in, they sometimes would not get a salary or only get salaries by the 15th. And it was, a, it was a tremendous thing. You must remember, we walked away from, we sold of the two cars, we sold one, we dropped our medical aid, we dropped insurances, which we later resumed again. We, we walked away from everything. Now we had our salaries, we had to trust God, no medical aid, four children. But God, it was incredible. He never failed us. <clears throat> Soon we were called to take the church. In the ministry that we were in, Kenneth Copeland contacted the leader and said to him, listen, I will give you a tent and I'll give you, uh, it was a huge amount of dollars a month, but you to hand the church over to Harold. We knew we had met Kenneth and Gloria Copeland when they came to South Africa. Um, I, I, I drove them around and Kenneth still commented that night, I will never forget the trip through Johannesburg with you as long as I live. And I said, but you don't understand, I had to get you back at a certain time. So we had a good laugh. But anyway, I, I don't think he's ever forgotten that. And he said, hand it over to Harold, but Harold didn't want the church. He felt that God had called him to a Bible college. And we were ready to go to Cape Town and start another college. But he had to get to God. And for two weeks, we struggled we, in our minds. And after two weeks, he had a dream. And I won't go into depth, but it was a dream. He was in this like a, a desert area. It's almost like the beach in Natal with those little fechis uh, uh, that you get on the beach. And there was this, this uh, lift with glass all around with a little box next to it. And you had to push a number to, uh, you had to push the, uh, for the lift to open. And there was a number involved as well. And Harold went to it. And as he stood there, he knew which button to press. And the lift door opened and we got in. And it went to the first level and he got out and it was a new scene. It was a new countryside. And I've always believed through the years that had, that had to do with the different phases of our lives that we had to go through to make the decisions that we were in. We was in the, in the AFM Bible College. Then we had to go to Rhema Bible College. Then we had to start the Bible College um, on the West Rand. Then we had to take the church. And at every level, God was there for us. He went to the second level and then the third level. And again, he had to know which button to push. And, and when he got to that level, there was a challenge and the devil was there and he knew that he had to fight him and, and he resisted him. And again, the lift door closed. Now he had to know what button 
decision to press or we, he was going to get into trouble. That's what I believe was the decision to take the church. And when he pressed that button, it opened and it went up and it opened. At, and the people of the church were all standing waiting for him. And we knew that this was God and we had to stay and take the church. And we took the church over in, in very hard times and difficult situations. And I want to use an Afrikaans word, I don't even know what an English word, under very trying, testing times. The tents, the, the roof was broken. We had been left some tin chairs, which was very uncomfortable. Uh, much of the sound equipment and recording equipment had been removed. And there we were in the middle of the field by the Leritong Hospital in a tent that was ready to break. Well, the first thing we were able to do, we had a lot of debt because the Bible college and the, the building we'd been left in had not been paid. There was just a lot of debt as well. But we knew that God was in this picture with us. And when we got there in the building and, and uh, uh, with the tent, we got our second tent. And it was beautiful, big blue and white tent. And we were all there scrubbing and cleaning and moving. And uh, once Friday night, the next moment, we get a call. The tent has blown up. Well, it, it actually blew up because the wind came in and the whole thing just exploded. And our security guard saw it and he described it. And the... Uh, um, uh, vi uh, not violence, the guitars went flying through the air and they landed over there on the field. But you know what? I stood there and I said, God, I know you're testing me. You know I'm trying me. You know how I feel about this tent. But you know what God said? You're going to stay in one a bit longer. And we got the third one. And this one was the tent of uh, Reinhard Bonker that had been cut up. It had double stitching and it was excellent. We had to go in the meantime, move to a little kiddies tent, and that was full of holes. We could see the stars through the roof as well. So it was quite amazing. But God, but God, but God, he brought the people. We saw signs and wonders and miracles. We had incredible times. Erica walked with Harold all the way. She came with him from the SABC, and she said, Pastor, you leaving. I'm not staying in Egypt. I'm coming with you, even if you don't pay me. Well, Erica came with us. I remember Harold speaks about Jeanette often. Yanni joined us just as we came out of the tent into the factory. Many other people, I don't even know who all is here. A lot of people that are online, our online church, a lot of them are sitting with Pastor Tians down in Donna Bay and at um, uh, PE. So uh, we're talking to them as well. Is it Port Elizabeth or have I got it right? Muscle Bay, Muscle Bay, a lot of them come from the tent, and that was such an experience for us. But anyway, finally, we moved into a factory. Now, when we moved into the factory, Harold assigned the job, and I still remember Frank was with him, and Dries was with him. They said to go and find, well, actually, they had to go and find the actual uh, factory, which they did, and then Harold was prayer walking, and we stayed just over the hill in Kloofendal, uh, um, uh, and Harold would walk right down the valley around here, and he saw a little for sign board. It was no bigger than that in the field, property for sale. And uh, we got an estate agent to contact the company. It was a company that was going bankrupt in Durban, and they said the property is going to cost 265,000 rand this property. It actually extends over the road beyond the, uh, the area over there. And uh, we had to 
we realized we had our property. We didn't have money for it. We could put down a deposit, and we also put down a big amount, or what, what was big at the time, eighty or 90000 for steel, but we were on the road. And we spent, I don't know, it was two, three years in the factory, and we started building here. And I'll never forget, this area had virtually no homes. It was just big plots and farms. Yanni was on one of the plots in the area here. There was nothing here. Just toward uh, clear water, there was an uh, uh, area over there, but there was nothing. And uh, we were moving away from our congregation, but we had to have faith. We had to trust God because what had happened is Harold had met with a town planner and the town planner, because he got a vision from God, a, a word from the Lord to say, go to the greater area of Rudaput. Now that the great new city of Rudaput. And you know, we didn't understand that because we were in the city of Rudaput. And he walked this area and we just had to trust God. Today, who knows? This is the great new city of Rudaput. So we built right in the middle of this. And I don't know if Pastor Louis, there he sits over there. Pastor Louis, we were busy planting the cross over there. And I'll never forget that as we planted the cross and the building we'd had, the Holy said, Pastor Harold, you've gone past the point of no return. It's now faith and faith only that's going to take us. And I tell you what, we put our faith out there. We had incredible people helping us. My brother-in-law sitting in the front here, he's the one that drew. He was the architect. We said, please, Stephen, something really inexpensive, something simple, just, you know, that we can afford. And we took out 2.1 million rand for this building. We had miracles with the steel. Melchior Fenikerk, he was the, he came and he did incredible road works for us. I, I can't tell you how many miracles take, took place with the building of this. And God put us on the road. We never missed a payment. It was amazing. But Harold's greatest vision was to raise leaders. That is the power of the Bible college. Not just leaders for the church, leaders out there, but also to equip. And then he started the CPD, continuous personal development. He said the body of Christ has got to be, has got to be educated in the Word of God. They've got to know the Word. They've got to gain knowledge if they're going to overcome. And that was part of it. And you know, Abraham, when he went to war, it says that he took his 285 servants and trained men with him when he went to battle when it was against Lot. It was so powerful. And we knew that God had given us a spiritual army. And together with our spiritual army, which was the entire congregation, we could move further. And that is more on our church situation. And we moved finally into the building on a personal level. And I need to share this because people say, where were you at? What did you do? Well, everything we did was a faith walk. When we finally moved away from where we were staying, we, 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 um, uh, we hired a home and uh, we first bought a home and then we bought another home that we could settle in. And it was a lovely home. I loved my home and it, was, it, was, it had a huge garden and uh, I had plans for that garden. I was gonna build another house there and the children, if they needed a place to stay and whatever. And I'll never forget one morning he went to prayer meeting. The kids were all in 
in bed still, and I was watering the garden, and in an audible voice, God said to me, give your house away. I thought, God, this is my palace. This is my home. This, you know, it's very hard for a woman, and I don't know if we ever could afford a house again, but I knew God had spoken. And when Harold came riding up the hill, I said, Harold, we've got to sell the house. He said, no, the Lord better talk to me first. And you know what? If the two of you are not in agreement, you're in trouble. I said, no, that's fine. But you know what? It took three months for him to hear from God. But he finally heard from God. We sold it. We put the proceeds. We were able to buy the church. I remember there was tarring and all kinds of things that had to be done. And you know, from that year, we saw God doing things. 2008 was another challenge because that's where Harold had, God told him there's a big fall coming financial fall worldwide, and we need to be careful. And I said, can I sell some of our insurances to keep life, whatever? And he said, go ahead. And with that, we were able to make property investment. Folk, we've got to hear what God is telling us to do. We've got to be careful with our money. Don't get into debt. It's the worst thing we can do. And we were able to invest and reinvest. And, and, and I'll never forget, you know, we were, we were sitting on, a, on, on our son's veranda and Harold said, oh, I love this property across the road. It's, it was big properties. I said, okay. And I found out and the guy said, I can have it for the following. And we bought it. That's where we've moved to now. Seven years, eight years ago, we built. But before that, in our house that we gave away, that we had no money for another because we moved into a hired home, I saw the house across the hill, and it, they called it the White House. It wasn't a big house, but a very beautiful house, and I saw it being built, and for two three weeks, they blasted the rock. The nets would be thrown, and you'd hear this blast, and you'd see the rocks. And I said, oh, Harold, what a beautiful home that's going to be. It's literally built on the rock. And I went there one day when they were building, and the builder said to me, excuse me, who are you? And I said to him, are you questioning me? He was so taken aback. He didn't say anything. And I went through the house and I looked at the house. I didn't know that I was prophesying that that was my house. And it became our home. And it was how we got that home. That's another miracle because we couldn't afford it. And uh, we were hiring and, and the guy came. And you know what? He got it at half the price on an auction. And he came to us and he said, you can buy this house for that amount. We still couldn't afford it. But there were three gentlemen that said, no, wait a minute. Until you can afford it, we're just going to help you with that little bit in between. Because we were salary earners, as we still are. Folk, I saw God take us every step of the way. We continued to give. We, con we continued to give when we bought another property. And I thought, I'm going to put my mom and dad there in their old age. And, and we sold that. And we made a hundred and I think it was 185,000 rand profit. And we put that into the church. We were busy with a building fund for the new church. But subsequently, we had to purchase a property, an additional property, and that was eight million, just for a little piece of ground up there. And we had to put up the LARPA, and we had to put up the youth and children's ministry. We have been able to do so much with what God has done because of your giving. I share these testimonies because 
You know, folk don't always understand where Harold and I are coming from. And we have not had it easy. There have been tremendous challenges in our lives. Personally, I'm talking about family, financially, but through everything God has brought us. And I know Pastor Harold's coming up to share with you. I just want to say, folk, don't give up on God. He is the ultimate Amen. Give him a praise offering. Amen. Well, you know what? It's the first time Maud tells that story. And uh, it's like God's got a story for your life too. It's like the way God works in our lives. And, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's very much a question of faith, the walk of faith. And you've just got to pray a lot. And you've got to concentrate on your relationship with God. And you really have to love the Lord your God. And with Him, it is a matter of whatever He asks of, well, through the years. Whatever He demanded more than I do, we just did it. So He even gave away a car as well. Man came to see me and said, you know, there's a missionary who works. He's uh, out there, I think it's David uh, Baloy, yes. Dave Baloy, or so. He goes into, into all the townships and he's preaching there, give you one car. So I gave away another car too. So through all the years, here we stand. And uh, I can just say it was very worthwhile serving the Lord the way we did. I can also say thank the Lord, bless the Lord of my soul for everybody that's here. After all of these years, we're one in the Lord. This is like family to us. When we're here, I often hear of people saying, my church, my family, and uh, my house, my, my family, and my church. I want those three things very close together. And uh, they, this is their church. This is where they have the word of the Lord. This is their family here, extended family. There's the blood family. And then they want to live their house close to the church, just the way people are. Today, we're blessed with many people. Would you just read this with me? Look at this envelope. Open the envelope. There's a little letter inside. And um, Maud's wanting a pen because we're going to do what we're telling you to do. And uh, make sure this writes. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's fine. You can write. That's fine. Um, I just want to read you this. As we come to the end of a year, we are reminded of all that the Lord has done for us. Can you say amen to that? Remembering the difficult times that he brought us through, particularly this year of 2022. The blessings that he bestowed on us that really sustained us. The protection that we had many, many, many times without even knowing or realizing it. For these and so much more that the Lord has done for us, we give thanks. To him we make our pledges, but to the Lord God, the Almighty. It is therefore, this would be personal for you, my heartfelt persuasion to bring a special thanksgiving offering to honor the Lord for his goodness towards me and my family and my house and my loved one, every one of them. May this be a token of my love and appreciation. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. So would you 
do that. Maud's doing ours for us now. She's quickly writing. And then we're going to give out baskets. And uh, for those of you that do it online or people watching on the internet, there's our annual thanks offering, thank offering, thanks offering, thank offering, thank offering day. And, um, excuse me a sec. And so we believe thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I would not move one day forward in this life, not a day forward, if I didn't know that the ultimate was in place. Because God, as Maud said, is the God, is the God of the ultimates. When He blesses you with a sevenfold blessing, He increases and multiplies you also. So may the Lord do that for you. These envelopes will be given in at the door. You can drop it in the offering basket. You can do it online. You, you have all the methods. You know how people give in the church, but there will be baskets at the door. The baskets are for you to just drop your uh, pledge form in or whoever's giving today, but also online. I, we will be doing it in, in the week online with our... Service. i got a minute now. I'm going to close in a moment's time. I'm thinking very quickly. There were the children of Israel that come out of Egypt. They stripped the Egyptians from their gold and stuff at the end of the ten plagues. They had the Passover. They came to Mount Sinai. Moses went up the mountain. Then while Moses is busy with God, God gives him the Ten Commandments, writes it with his own finger on the stone or the clay tablets. We were at that mountain. Then God suddenly says to Moses, go down, for the people whom you have brought out of Egypt have sinned. Well, I'm cutting the story very short. He goes down the mountain and he sees the people are running wild. The word wild there is in the Hebrew literally without restraint. And even stripping themselves, bearing their skin, as it says, the man with the name of Aaron, had on their demand made a golden calf out of the earrings and the stuff that they were wearing. And uh, he, of course, makes all kinds of apologies to Moses. He said, well, you know, the people demanded that this, that that, makes an excuse, he says, and so we threw this gold into the fire and then out came this cow. You can go and read it for yourself. Suddenly here's this cow. So now they say, this is your God, O children of Israel. So what did they do? They invested in a golden cow. It would go on a little bit further in the Bible, and you have the scriptures. In fact, I have it here, but I'm not going to open it now. Where Moses says, according to the word of the Lord, give instruction to the people to bring contributions for the building of the tabernacle. So the people brought all these various offerings and things according to the word of the Lord, in uh, the book of Exodus, and they brought it, and then there came a point where Moses gave command, tell the people, according to the word of the Lord, tell the people to stop because they've given so much that there is more than enough to erect the tabernacle in the wilderness, the place where they would spend very much time with God all the days of their lives. It was an amazing scene. This time, they did not invest in a golden cow. This time, they invested in God and in the furtherance of whatever God wanted from them. Out of that, God gave them the manna 
that comes from heaven. He sustained them. Not even the soles of their shoes wore out in that period of time. I could tell you the same thing with their clothes. They were sustained. They, gave, they had manna from heaven. They had the quails. They had meat. And God sustained them with water. And they were there with the Lord in the wilderness. You can invest in a golden cow. But you could also invest in the kingdom of God. Everybody say, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Heavenly Father, as we do that this morning, this is our annual thanksgiving. Once a year, we assemble in the house of the Lord and we do something very special for our God. For on you and you alone, in you there is our future, our hope. We depend on you. We rely on you. We trust in you. We have faith in you. Lord, you sustain us, you bless us, you heal us, you deliver us, you feed us with the good things of life, you fill us with your Holy Spirit, you save us, you gave your blood for us, you gave your body for us on the cross. All these things, you made a new covenant, you established the covenant in your own blood, you pour out the Holy Spirit, you brought the blessing of Abraham upon us. Every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ Jesus. You gave us your Holy Spirit and the mind of Christ. You lead us by your Spirit. We have the counsel of God. We have the other believers with us in the body of Christ. Together, over 2,000 years, we move forward. And we still say what Jesus said. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we thank you for this. This is our privileged time of the year. And so the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up His countenance over you and be gracious to you and give you peace. And bless you for all the sacrifices and the offerings that you present in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.